got a really wonderful session for you coming up with um, Louise Wright and Sharon McNulty. Sharon has a Bachelor of Applied Science and a Professional Certificate in Health System Management, along with 25 years' experience in various Victorian healthcare facilities. She's currently the Director of Support Services at Monash Health, Victoria's largest health service. Louise has worked at Monash Health since 2001. She published an article on infection control surveillance in aged care and has taken part in several research projects contributing to publications in national and international peer-reviewed journals. So I'm going to hand you over now to these two very experienced and um, great uh, expert ladies in their area. Thank you very much, um, Sharon and Louise. Thank you um, for the invitation to attend today. We actually uh, did this presentation last year at the Victorian ANMF uh, Sustainability Conference. So we've j we just realised we had to tweak a few numbers because things have changed in Monash within the last 18 months with the opening of our new Monash Children's Hospital, which is the most beautiful building you could ever imagine. But comes with its own um, problems as well. So we're presenting on our award-winning cleaning uh, without chemicals initiative um, and I'm doing the science behind the saving so I get all the you know, research and all the rest of it and Sharon gets the implementation. Um, I think we got the easier side. <laughs> so um, Monash Health, um, as uh, you heard, it's a very large, it, well, it is the largest in um, Victoria. It's got uh, 52 sites, um, and I'll give you even more statistics on that. Um, we've done studies uh, about the, the cleaning and disinfection. Um, we did evidence-based reviews and assessments, and then we introduced a trial without chemicals with utilising the, the microfiber cloth or the ultra-microfiber cloth, but to add the ultra gets a bit wordy after a while, so we just say MFC and STEAM. What the results were of our studies, the advantages that were verified, the cost reduction um, opportunities and the setup and compliance requirements that um, are needed. Um, and then what we've um, also got regarding results from our gastro outbreaks, reducing CRE or carbapenemase, producing enterobacteriaceae, risks in our ICUs, our VRE, um, reducing it uh, in ice, adult ICU and eliminating it in our NICU and then the use of the, the um, cleaning also across our um, theatres. So as I said, we are Victoria's largest health service. We now have more than 2,350 beds um, and we run well over 250 programs and services um, through Monash Health. Um, our we forgot to update the stats in our bios. Um, we both laughed. And we now have over 17,000 staff that work across the 52 sites. Um, we admit probably over the 180,000 uh, patients per year and handle over the 160 patient emergency presentations with 9,000 babies being delivered across the three um, sites with midwifery services. So from an infection control um, perspective or infection prevention perspective, um, 
we're well aware that the transmission of infection can often be associated with environmental contamination. Um, we're talking the patient environment here, our healthcare uh, work environment. And um, a very old ICU picture these days. However, um, this picture shows where post um, a patient known to have VRE, stuck in bed, not moving around the environment, uh, ventilated, um, you know, lines left, right and centre, and yet when they did environmental sampling after this patient was discharged, uh, whether it was up or whether it was across, not quite sure, um, they found VRE in all of these areas where the X's are. So the only way it would have got there is by contamination of hands, and I could go on for hours about hand hygiene, but that's what I'm not, I'm not here for that. Um, I'm here for the cleaning side of it, um, which is the adjunct that we need when the hand hygiene isn't at its best. So we're all aware of the traditional cleaning methods um, that are used across healthcare, the detergent and water for the cleaning, followed by the disinfectant, um, to get rid of or to kill off those significant pathogens such as our VREs, CREs, our gastroenteritis, commonly referred to as the two-step clean. Or there's the combination cleaning where you've got both your detergent and your disinfectant um, contained within one product or one um, disposable cloth, but it's not particularly evidence-based, that practice. You've got your hypochlorite, so you know that lovely smell of bleach, or as I refer to it, napalm in the morning, um, which is usually the disinfectant of choice. And unfortunately, or fortunately, it's not actually able to be used on all of the surfaces because it will degrade them um, over time, you know, those expensive medical stethoscopes in particular. Um, you've also got the newer cleaning disinfection methods of um, hydrogen peroxide ultraviolet radiation and they take hours you know so the time that it takes to undertake the cleaning um, utilizing those um, let alone the risks involved in um, aerosolized hydrogen peroxide so back in 2011 we undertook a review of the cleaning that was occurring um, was it really necessary to clean first and then disinfect um, how can delays for two-step cleaning be eliminated or reduced? Uh, is there a better option for cleaning environments in the hospitals? And given that most of the patients that come in, we don't actually know what they're colonised with, you know, if they do actually have an MRO colonisation or not. I mean, with our um, standard precautions, well, we, we just think everybody's got blood-borne viruses, but what about all the others? So how can we clean for an MRO every single time. So we're not actually you know, delineating between one type of clean just because you've got, you know, we know you've got something. It's about those that we don't know what they've got. So regarding is it really necessary to clean first and then disinfect, compared to two-step clean, we compared the two-step cleaning with two-in-one products. We considered four um, different but commonly used two-in-one products and detergent alone. They were all a one-step clean. We used the bioluminescence to measure, or ATP, for the effectiveness of the cleaning, which is used um, quite widely within the food industry. Um, 
We reviewed the principle for cleaning surgical instruments before sterilisation and we found that two-step cleaning, 4% fire burden remained where regardless of the product with one-step cleaning um, was 10 to 30% the bio burden remained. So we still have that bio burden there even after all of these cleaning, all this cleaning that had been done. Um, this was, we've got references at the bottom um, for the publications. So what we found was that with the, the normal um, cleaning, so the before, when we'd used the um, Reflect, the uh, ATP, um, looking at a surface prior to cleaning, before we then used the ultramicrofiber and the steam, we, you can see that we had quite large um, reflective light units um, from the 100 um, touch points. Whereas when we use the microfiber and steam, we've got very low um, bioburden resulting or, or left. So environmental cleaning. So, you know, well, how's it achieved? So it's about removing as much soil as possible and then killing the remaining bacteria with chemicals. So we need to physically remove, and what we're doing with is physically removing all the soil including the bacteria. We're not looking to kill off bacteria, we just want to get rid of it um, by physical removal. Traditionally, the detergent was used first to, and there, to clean, and then we would disinfect. But then not all surfaces um, can be cleaned in this fashion. Your carpets, your fabric covers on, on seating. It's time consuming to, to clean, and it created multiple delays. And obviously there's some OCH health and safety issues related to this um, type of cleaning with wet floors, chemi chemical irritations and lifting injuries with you know, heavy buckets of water and, and the like. So this is one of our um, rooms in our hospital and as you can see, um, we've got carpet in some of our um, areas. It's, an infection control consultant's nightmare um, and a cleaning nightmare. But it looks nice from the architects and the designers. Our nursing home, you know, fabric drapes, cloth chairs, you've got to have a home-like environment. Not quite. So we looked then at microfiber. So what is microfiber? Um, you may be familiar with ENYO and it's basically a, um, a similar, well, very similar system. So it's a combination of two synthetic products, a polyester that scrubs and cleans and a polyamide that provides absorbent quality up to six times um, its weight. It weighs less than one decitex or one gram per 10,000 metres. Um, it's one, one, one hundredth the size of a human hair. An ultramicrofiber weighs less than 0.3 decitex and re research shows that it obviously has um, better performance. It's more effective when it's used damp. It works like a magnet, attracts soil um, and bacteria by capillary action. So, microfiber um, captures the particles as you clean. So it picks it up, it grabs it, it holds onto it. It absorbs more than six times its weight in fluids. It's reusable and environmentally friendly and it uses far less water. 
cotton, so our old dorset cloths and um, the like that most places use for their, their cleaning purposes, pushes the dirt around as you clean. Um, only absorbs 70% maximum of its weight in fluids. The fabric break, breaks down and needs uh, frequently replacing. And if it stays wet, it'll breed moulds and mildews. And I'm sure we all remember string mops left in buckets in pan rooms and that scum on top. The steam technology that we utilise in conjunction uses high temperature, 140 degrees Celsius. It is dry steam under pressure, so it's 97% dry. It removes stains and eliminates scrubbing. Um, most bacteria and viruses are killed at 60 degrees, but that's not what we're actually um, aiming at with the use of the steam. The steam is there to lift and loosen any soiling. And it's the microfiber cloth, once that uh, soil is lifted and loosened, that will then physically remove the soil and um, bacteria from surfaces. So with our results, uh, in Victoria up until the 1st of July this year, it was a requirement that visual audits were undertaken by support services, uh, which were exceptionally time consuming, but literally was somebody walking into a room and did it look clean. Um, the, the, and then we would get, and then we would get external experts that came in, courtesy of the Department of, oh, at our cost. Well, there you go. But part of the Department of Health and Human Services requirements on quarterly, half year, yet yeah, um, three times a year, and they would do the walk round and see if things looked clean. So. Um, <laughs> Our audits were around the 91% in May 2011, 96% um, 2011, four months after using the microfiber cloths and steam. And from the micro perspective, we were actually finding that our VRE and our C diff were physically, the, the spores, etc., are physically removed from the areas. Okay, so not only did it look cleaner, um, microbiologically it was cleaner. We um, used uh, cleaning as, um, assessment using the BRE as our control with uh, detergent impregnated wipes, paper towel and disposable microfiber cloths and reusable microfiber cloths. So we previous to this had a commercially available um, detergent wipe for use by the clinical staff. Um, we obviously there are people that, you know, a bit of paper towel, a bit of uh, detergent, rub it over, that'll clean the area. And then we looked at, um, with the changeover, well, we had to have something for the clinical staff to use. So we then looked at the comparison with the, the um, disposable microfiber cloth and the reusable microfiber cloth. And our results were quite interesting. And unfortunately, this is a dreadful slide on the big screen, but a fantastic slide on the small screen but our control is basically covered in purple colonies, okay? And you can see the, the swipes of the swab that have been made. The top right-hand um, one is the paper towel where a surface has just been um, wiped over with a paper towel and there's still multiple colonies um, growing on that plate. Likewise, the one where we had our disposable detergent cloth, there's still multiple colonies. 
The two lower ones, um, the one on the lower right um, and was our reusable cloth and the lower left was the disposable microfiber cloth. We have no colony growth at all um, from our control <coughs> studies. So we were able to clearly demonstrate that the use of the microfiber cloth uh, with the steam physically removed all of our soiling and our um, microbiological bio burden from our surfaces. We've had some interesting results now a few years down the track and uh, what we've found that just looking back over our outbreak data that the incident, the incident rate of illness at Monash Health in 2006 with gastroenteritis was sitting around 27.9 per 100,000 bed days, occupied bed days. Whereas 2016, that is now at 1.18 per 100,000 occupied bed days with a, um, oh, now I've gone blank, a confidence interval um, between 22 and 31 um, per 100,000 um, occupied bed days. So the reduction in this incidence rate between the two time periods has been found to be very significantly significant with the, the p-value being um, less than the 0 0.001. So um, we've had some yeah, amazing results in that, that format. I'm now going to hand over to Sharon, um, who's going to let you all know about the implementation um, of it. Thanks, Louise. I think um, Louise should have also mentioned that having just had the presentation about toxins in the environment, that this is even more applicable and I think we could probably even add more to our slide having what we learnt this morning as well. So just to link back in with previous presentations. Um, so just in terms of governance, so if you think back, um, back when we implemented this, we had 2,100 beds and they were across our acute, subacute and our residential care services. It was a very big task for us to have a look at this. Um, just to also add that since we've done this project, all of our satellite sites, so our smaller sites that are in rural regions, are also cleaned by a cleaning contractor. And as part of the tender process, we also made sure that they were going to use steam and microfiber given our research. So we are fully steam and microfiber in all of our clinical areas at Monash Health now five, six years down the track. Um, but in terms of governance, it was very big for us. It was very new. There were a lot of people out there that um, said there's no way in hell you can do this in health. Um, in fact, we had, we probably spent nine months actually getting suppliers on board with us. We had a number of rejections from suppliers that we approached about microfiber cloths, about steamers who just said to us, there's no way you're gonna do this. We had chemical suppliers saying to us, you're crazy, you're mad, no one will ever do this in the world, blah, blah. Um, and let me tell you, they're still knock on our door now and say, how can we help you? Because they know that we're now doing this um, and they wanna be part of the successful project. Um, so we had a working group that was set up and we also had a steering committee um, that uh, Infection Control and myself were very fortunate. We reported both up to the executive director of, um, I can't remember what her title was back then, but she was the chief nursing officer as well. So it was quite a good partnership. Um, so she steered the committee. We had great um, board support and we obviously had our CEO on board to do this. Um, so um, our executive director was the executive sponsor for that. 
Um, what was really great was the fantastic relationship, although we already had a fantastic relationship with our infection control colleagues, was the fact that it was actually another opportunity to be able to build capacity and will and the willingness to work together. Because without the science behind this project, we would never ever have been able to implement this. So it was a true partnership. The actual idea was born from a <laughs> conversation at dinner, non-related to health, where Louise's boss was actually out for dinner with her husband at a work-do of his, and somebody sat next to him and said, oh, we had these weird-looking microfiber mops or cloths, I think it was, arrive in our, and I think he was from the water industry, arrive in our office the other day. How would we ever test whether they do what people say they're going to do? So at the time, they had the APT monitor at Monash House. So Elizabeth said, send them across to me and let me have a play. And did she have a play? <laughs> so it's amazing how sometimes these conversations lead to other conversations that lead to these massive projects. Um, so the lady in red is one of our infection control ladies and the lady in blue is one of our support services staff. And this is at our Chestnut Gardens um, facility. It was one of our trial sites in the initial pilot project. Um, this is Diane, uh, once again, on your right, um, teaching one of our staff to actually use the steam to clean the curtains in situ. So no taking curtains down, no rehanging them, no ladders, no nothing. They're all clean in situ using steam now. Um, back before we did the change, we had a whole heap of policies and procedures. We had three different types of... Um, number of different types of cleans, you know, patients that were in isolation, patients that weren't in isolation, daily cleans, discharge cleans, and it was quite confusing. Support Services currently has um, 1,300 staff within our um, service, along with 450 casual staff. So we've got a workforce of about 1,750 uh, people within Support Services that, you know, if they went to this site, it was this cleaning methodology. If they went to that site, it was that cleaning methodology. So one of our aims was to have one cleaning methodology across every one of our sites, whether it was acute, subacute, um, or residential. So now we only have um, three policies and procedures across the whole of Monash Health, and this includes clinical cleaning as well. So we have a daily clean, so if a patient's still in the bed, um, they get a daily clean. We have a discharge clean, so if the patient's obviously discharged or moves beds, so that's important as well. So if there's a either an inter or an intra, ward move or site move, they also get a discharge clean. And then there's the disposable microfiber that is actually used by our clinical staff, particularly in our nursing staff, um, to do the cleaning of things like um, dressing trolleys and those kind of things. Uh, extensive training package. Um, so we absolutely had infection control support. So infection control came and had staff meetings with our staff to actually you know, convince them that this cleaning worked because we'd had cleaners in our facilities for decades that were adamant that you had to use chemical to clean. And in fact, that probably still exists in health today. Um, obviously, the development of policies and procedures and standing, oper standing operating procedures. We had formal classroom time training for all of our staff, so it was a big investment. We had staff videos. In fact, we've now put our videos online. So if you Google Monash Health, and then put in, I think it's cleaning without chemicals, you will get four of our videos. So they are openly available to the public. So technically our patients can sit in their bed in hospital and have a look at our cleaning process. It's pretty amazing. And it's probably only been there for about maybe two months. So we've gone, 
I'm going to say viral, but <laughs> not quite. <laughs> but um, they're definitely there. Uh, demonstration and hands-on training. Hands-on training was really critical um, to be able to get the staff because it was quite a different cleaning motion to what they've been used to. Because you, if you're doing a discharge cleaner, you use a microfiber cloth in one hand and your steamer in the other hand and there's actually quite a way to do it. And some staff grappled with that process for a little while. So, you know, practice makes perfect. Um, and we also have some online training packages. Now that we needed a full suite of training materials and different ways of teaching because some of our staff are quite tech savvy and some of them wouldn't even know where the on button is for the computer. No disrespect to them, but so we you know, made the decision that it wasn't just going to be one type of training. Uh, ongoing training, so these are some of our lessons learnt, you know, five or six years down the track. Initial training's not enough. Um, you need ongoing supervision because occasionally you still have the person who wants to bring their bottle of bleach in or bottle of whatever the newest Wizards Bang product is out in the market. So you do need to be on the ball and our supervisors need to be out and about checking cleaning practices, checking cleaning cupboards, refresher training. So we look, and I will talk about credentialing in a minute, um, so we do need to have refresher training and like everything else, need to reinforce the principles and the process and verification audits. So our supervisors go out and actually check um, process. Now that we have these training videos online, part of the reason for doing that was also that we have now a ward governance model where our nurse unit managers are actually accountable for the cleaning on their wards. So if anyone had a question about what the process was, rather than actually having to go and find the policy on the 50,000 million other product you know, policies that exist online, like probably most organisations, um, you can, from any device, so an iPad, a computer, an iPhone, you know, a phone, anything, get on and have a look at these videos. They are less than a minute each. So it's very quick, very succinct, um, made in-house um, and made using some of our staff actually doing the training, but a really good resource for our nurse unit managers and anyone else that wants to have a look. Uh, key messages. So one of the key messages in our training was depending on the type of microfiber cloth that you use and we spent nine months. We thought we had the cloth from day one. Let me tell you, we didn't have the cloth from day one. It comes down to size of the actual cloth and it also comes down to the Dexitex as um, Louise has mentioned. But the cloth that we use and this is what we found works for us um, there is a recipe, so it's 10 microfiber cloths to 400 mils of cold water precisely. Measuring jug, that's it. What happens when you don't use a recipe at home to bake a cake? The cake doesn't work out usually. If you don't use a recipe for this, your cloth's too damp or not damp enough. And is damp not wringing wet? Big difference, big mentality shift for cleaning staff. And our microfiber mops is 10 mops to um, 1200 mil of water. Once again, damp. Louise mentioned, you know, we used to have issues with wet floors. I'm sure in your own facilities you've seen wet floors from people mopping them. We don't have wet floors anymore. We still put up a wet floor signs, but we don't have the amount of water going on our floors anymore. We've not had one slip in our facilities as a result of a wet floor from cleaning since we implemented this process. Not one. Um, in terms of some other key messages, obviously there's just some little pictures, but you know it's about providing a good healthy environment for our patients, for our staff and for our visitors. Um, you know we've learnt lots about toxins this morning and we don't use any cleaning chemicals to clean our facilities. 
The only bit that we use occasionally is a tiny bit of toilet bowl cleaner because we have got some very, very old facilities that occasionally need a little bit of toilet bowl cleaner to bring the toilet bowl up to where it needs to be. Um, it is time saving. So we saved 30 to 40% on our cleaning turnaround because what we used to do was if we had, we have, we used to have uh, a lot of curtains in our rooms, fabric curtains, and what used to happen was someone used to come and strip the bed, which was a nurse. Someone else used to come and clean the room. And someone else used to come out and get the curtain, take it down, take it down, and it was sent out to the dry cleaners, which is a terrible environmental process as well. And then someone else used to come and hang a curtain if they could find the right curtain. So we had short curtains, fat curtains, long curtains, all sorts of things. Um, so, you know, that actual whole process took way too long with the pressure on, you know, bed turnaround, pressures on ED targets, etc. Um, we've had a very significant increase and improvement in our cleaning turnaround for room availability. Um, the hands really signify the working together, the partnering together with infection control, support services, nursing staff, executive and our patients and our residents. Obviously, it's a great environmental um, initiative. No more wet floors, as I've already talked about. No more cleaning and standing up on ladders to get the curtain down. Imagine taking, standing on the ladder and having to tap that curtain down. No more of this. Really fantastic. No more chemicals. No more toothbrushes around the, you know, the edge of the tap where it gets all yucky and grimy. Some of our cleaners were bringing in toothbrushes to do that. Uh, no more, because the steam, we have a nozzle on our steamer that just goes quickly around, it's done in about two seconds flat. Um, we do credential our staff, um, so we go through the basics of what is microfiber, the benefits, the rules around using the steam unit. So some people go to us, oh, you know, it's 140 degrees, you must have so many burns. No, if you use the steamer correctly, you literally have to put it up kind of this close to you to burn yourself. We've had one and that person was using the steamer incorrectly. Um, descaling buttons, so on the machines, because they use water, they do need to be descaled. The high risk points, the high touch points, um, the recipes that we've already talked about, cleaning methodology, and any other additional precautions that might need to use um, in that process. We aim to have our staff credentialed every two years. You know, it's a lot of staff, it's a lot of training, but we are committed to this process and that's our aim. We're currently sitting at 85% of our staff credentialed. Um, we use a UV fluoro marker process. You've probably seen this before, but basically what happens is um, you go in, you put the fluoro marker down and put it onto, and we use the 10 high touch points that are designated. So we have 10 high touch points in a standard room. Um, we now do them in operating theatres. We now do them in ADs, our dialysis units. Um, NICU, so neonatal intensive care unit, OICUs, um, smear it on, come back 24 hours later and see whether the cleaning's been done or not. It is used as a cleaning, a positive teaching tool with our staff. So we try to encourage the staff to participate in the process. In fact, we have staff coming to us saying, when am I going to get done? When am I going to get done? You know, it's a bit like, I don't know if anyone remembers the old glitter bug that we used to put on our hands and, to, you know, we used to scrub furiously thinking we've cleaned our hands perfectly, but perhaps we had not. 
Um, the, as I said, it's used as a positive teaching tool. In our um, trial areas, when we first started using this, we only had about 50 to 70% compliance. So cleaning staff thought that they were doing a really great job and they were doing a great job, but they were missing some points. Um, and with that, we've now had 100% improvement um, and that's been sustained, particularly in our ICUs. We've now, just as of August this year, rolled it out into all of our facilities. So instead of doing those horrible perception visual auditing things. And anyone that's familiar with the cleaning standards in Victoria, we used to do three and a half thousand of those a month. Checking 14 elements in every room. Um, so now we've moved to the fluoromarker um, auditing. So we've had two months, or close to two months results of those. Once again, fantastic opportunity to um, work with infection control um, and our cleaning staff. Um, you'll be wondering how much did this cost? Aha, I see you all scribbling down. Uh, so a steamer's worth about $1,300, roughly. Um, you need a trolley for your steamer, it's about $300, one of those clucks general type trolleys that we use. Uh, mops, cloths, buckets, floor tool, so that's your setup, is about $400. So if you allowed $2,000 per ward, um, you would be pretty close to where it needs to be. Um, laundry considerations, so we use all reusable microfiber cloths. Roughly the ones that we use have to be replaced every two years. So, um, because we actually have double impress levels. So, one that's out being used today, one that's being laundered, the one that's being used today goes out tomorrow. That makes sense, as in laundered. Um, savings and benefits, so we're saving around about, it's probably more now, because once again, this data's probably a bit old, but had it been ongoing, our chemicals would have cost us more, but initially we saved $40,000 in chemicals a year, so there's 20 wards to be set up, $140,000 on dry cleaning of drapes, and our work covers savings for around about 80000 a year. We don't have, we haven't had any work cover claims from cleaning staff having to meet, um, lift heavy mop buckets, you know, how they have to empty them out. Um, the ringing, whether you've got a hand ringer or a foot ringer, you know, ringing out an actual string mop is quite a process. Uh, benefits, so we at Monash Health see between 6 to 10% increasing patient activity every year and we've done that with very little EFT because we've actually been able to reduce the amount of time it's taken us to clean. Which assist to meet our key performance indicators and targets. Our rooms are cleaned within 20 to 40 minutes. It depends whether it's a single room with an ensuite, whether it's a shared room or what it is. That's why it sort of varies. Ready for the next patient. And as I said, the drapes are um, steamed and cleaned while they're hanging. 25 to 30% saving in cleaning time and turnaround. Delays are eliminated because we're not waiting for someone else to come up and find the curtain or someone else to do this, this and this. The PSA or the patient service assistant on the ward, for example, is the person who cleans, does the whole process. And we had a minimum of 5% improvement in our visual audits. Um, as Louisa said, the bacteria is physically removed, so that's the big thing here. We're not saying that the steam kills it, the microfiber removes it. Detergent and hypochlorite use has been reduced by 100%. Water savings are around about 90% because we don't have all those big mop buckets that we used to have and the dirty water. How many times do you see the mop going back into dirty water? How many times do you see the dirty water being put back on the floor? doesn't happen because once you've used the microfiber mop or cloth, it goes into the laundry bag to be laundered. It doesn't get double dipped. There's no water left in the bucket to double dip it into because it's just damp with the recipe. 
Uh, rooms are visually cleaner. The workflow, as I said, you're not double dipping cloths or mops back into dirty water. Uh, cloths are used and then laundered, as I said, no more buckets. Removes the need for scrubbing. There is no more of this because the steamer does it. Um, so we've had lots of fantastic positive feedback from our staff going home, going home much less fatigued than they used to be. One of the big positives that we got out of it that we didn't think about initially. Uh, no slips on wet floors, as I said, and improved staff engagement um, and satisfaction. It's now rolled out into our operating theatres, so our operating theatre teams um, between cases are also using microfiber. Um, and there's lots of other applications, you know, non-clinical cleaning can certainly do it. Allied health, all your aids and appliances and all those things, and certainly your kitchens you could use it in depending on your local counts and your food safety plan. So that's it from us. Hopefully that might have inspired a few other people to take that back to your organisation. We're not aware of anyone else in the world that's done this. We're pretty excited and passionate about it, so hopefully you might be as well. Thanks. Thank you.